Uh, welcome to a special episode of this Warriors Life podcast. I'm Will Evans and we're very fortunate to have with us Warriors CEO and vlogging sensation Cameron George. Um, thanks for joining us. How are things, mate? Yeah, good, thank you. Uh, everything's really good over here in Australia. Uh, boys have got a day off today, uh, so a few little reviews happening and uh, some meetings, but in general uh, everything's really good and very happy the way things are. Uh, how's everyone settling in uh, back at Terrible? Everyone's settling well. Uh, look, the most important thing is this year is the families are here, and that's made a huge difference, huge difference. So on that basis, um, you know, there's, there's no excuse. Uh, you know, everyone's living in a, a really good spot, and uh, our training facilities are sufficient for us to get the, you know, the training done and the, the work that's needed to be done. And, um, you know, we're not looking over our shoulder for anything, and... Not wanting for anything, um, just you know, working through what we have to. Is it a similar setup to last season, or have you been able to tweak and improve things a bit, or how's it how's it looking there? Yeah, we've got a better setup this year on the basis we've got our own training facility that we've created. Uh, last year there was a bit of field session here, field session there, and then had to drive back to a uh, you know commercial gym whereby prior to that uh, we had to isolate the gym and give it a clean and all that sort of thing um, but this year we've we've built everything on the field uh, we've got our own two training fields that are isolated from the public and um, it's ours 24-7 which is great so if anything flares up bubble wise um, you know, we don't have to do any uh, any deal with the commercial entity we can just keep training where we are uh, the fans have been loving your uh, video, behind-the-scenes videos on the road with the Vodafone Warriors 2021. And what was the motivation behind um, starting that up? Oh, a couple of things. One is, uh, you know, we, we, we want to try and keep attached as much as we can to our fans, uh, not only in Australia, but most importantly back home in New Zealand, whereby they haven't had the chance to engage with the team for some time. Um, the other thing is that you know, we do do a lot of stuff that do uh, interest a lot of people that don't often get to see it. And, you know, like I'm floating around over here with the squad 24-7 and if I can somehow take people in behind the scenes a bit closer to the action where not normally they would get access to, well, it's good for me to do that on behalf of our footy team and, and club and it's good for the fans that we're getting closer to the action. So it's just an insight into sort of where I go, what I do uh, with the team and if I can bridge that gap between our, our fans all around the place and, and where we're at training and what we're doing, um, that, that's great. And, you know, the, I didn't expect it to go to the level it's gone to, but um, anyway, it's a bit of enjoyment away from work as well. You can't stop now, mate. Everyone's enjoying it too much, I think. Um during, during the off-season, there was a bit of optimism the team could be back playing out of Auckland as early as April. Um, that's obviously been tempered a bit by a few COVID flare-ups. Um, have you addressed that with the players and staff, that there's that strong boss possibility that you'll be spending the entire season in Australia? Well, it's just, you know, it's just the reality of the situation, isn't it? Um, it's not just you know isolated to us as a footy club. It's, it's what's happening in the world in general. I think this year, the players and and the club have got a lot better understanding of, you know, what is happening and, and when things certain, you know, when certain things happen, what impact that has on on the borders and so on. So, 
because we're not here um, reading the news and watching the news every day um, waiting to hear whether we can go home or not we're just head down ass up so to speak um, and if we get a phone call to say we can go home well well we can um, you know the, the, the probably the biggest question for not only us but the, the NRL is you know, if the borders do open, that's one thing. It's whether they remain open. And you use this week as an example. Uh, obviously, we're based out of Auckland. And if we're at home in normal circumstances uh, in the pre-season, we are due to fly to Brisbane this week to play in our first trial game. So we would have had to can that um, on the back of what, what lockdown was imposed this week. So it can change rapidly, as you guys well know. Um, and it's a real risk. Uh, we just need to de-risk our our preparation as best we can and that's why we decided to come here early and rejoin with the group in Australia and, and try and get through, you know, unscathed. But we lost our trial game this week because we were playing Melbourne. So it, it, it impacts on everyone, not just us. Do you get the sense the players and the staff are more comfortable with it this year given it's not such an unknown and things are sort of set up a, a bit uh, more smoothly and, and all of that? Yeah, I think this year we're better prepared. Um, like everyone in society last year, we, we were all on the, you know, on the jump. Um, we didn't know how long it was going to be around for, what it meant, and so on and so on. But this year I feel we're, we're more prepared and we've got plans in place for different scenarios. Um, you know, our biggest challenge is just you know, financially for the club. It's quite a difficult position for us to be in because we can't sell memberships, we can't sell tickets with confidence one way or the other so no one's buying them and no one's buying memberships we don't know whether we're going to be back in New Zealand or, or not um, so that, that's probably our biggest challenge and, and navigating through that is quite difficult um, so we've just got to just got to come up with new and, and, and fresh ways of trying to make some revenue to, to survive through the year um, Have you talked to the players about potentially getting a vaccine if it becomes available? No. Fair no. Enough. I, you know, the press asked me that this week. I'm not not a headline for me. I know what yep. they're asking for, and, and we're not we're not we haven't discussed it as a club at all, and we won't until we we understand what the policies are. Yep. Fair enough. Um, and looking back on last year now, um, how do you, how do you view what the team achieved last year under such difficult circumstances? Oh, they're a footy team, and their job's to win. And yes, they were difficult circumstances um, but you know, that's what they train for to win and play footy and play footy and win and um, we're here again this year last year's last year uh, we've moved on um, you know this ain't uh, a pat in the back story for us this year this is about we have a job to do we've planned it we're preparing to be here uh, for any given period of time so we really appreciate what we did last year but the reality is we've moved on um we, we addressed it all in Tamworth and we, we drew a line when we left the speed limits at Tamworth. Um, that's why Roger's announcement was made when we were up there. It was all part of our plan to um, leave all that behind us as we left Tamworth and come to Terrigal with a whole new focus of preparing the best we can for this year in 21. So we've got a lot of new players, new staff that appreciate what the club did last year but weren't a part of it as well. So there's, um, there's a lot of guys here eager to prove their worth to the club. 
Um, I said several times last year, I don't think I've seen a Warriors team turn up and play so well and with so much heart and resolve for 10 straight games, um, even in their best years, as they did in the second half of 2020. Um, how, how are you guys working to ensure that attitude and resolve carries on into 2021, especially when you've got so many personnel changes? Well, we're just training hard. Uh, we're, you know, they've got the staff are, you know, planning hard. Like, you know, this year we didn't have the squad together until after Christmas because of the COVID restrictions. Um, we had 50% of them in New Zealand and the others 50% in, in Australia. So our squad's only been together since January 4. And um, so we've had a very short run-up to where we're at now. So there's been a lot of intensive training, a lot of intensive game planning, discussions and so on and so on. So, look, you know, they can start to get the wheels in motion now, but you can't just flick on the light and get it right. Uh, but Brownie's doing a tremendous job. Uh, his first focus was to get everyone drilled together and then get everyone working together and then now starting to see, you know, the results of that. So time will tell. Um, but there's a really committed group of guys here that don't underestimate the task at hand and, and what they want to do for the club. How have those new recruits settled in, particularly given it's their first taste of this bubble-type situation? Yeah, look, they're fine. We're not in a bubble, mate. We're, we can, uh, you know, we're living here. Uh, it's like living in Auckland or wherever it be. Um, you know, we're not stuck in a bubble. We're restricted. So everyone's settled in well. Uh, we're, the players are, yeah, as I said, catching up on time. They're, they're working hard, but... They get on extremely well. The culture is very strong. Um, you know, I was really when you talk to the talk to the new guys, I was really surprised how quick everyone just gelled, and um, there's a lot of chemistry there amongst them in terms of their you know their, their work, you know their skills and all that sort of thing. So um, they're great. You know, Admiral Blake's a really good leader. Benny Murdoch Masilli's you know a, a tremendous leader as well, and then. Got guys like you and I can Bailey Sharon and that are just really good energy around the group and um, I think you know together as a group they're starting to create something that um, hopefully translates to really good on-field success. Um, can you shed any light on uh, Ali Katoa's injury that was reported yesterday? No, just waiting on some film scans and that but um, everything that's footy, that's, that's training um, but look, it, it, the injury itself is not a, a long-term injury anyway, shape or form. But it might be four weeks, might be three weeks, might be six weeks. So we're just waiting to hear back. Um, and as you mentioned before, um, announcing uh, Rogers' move to rugby quite early. It was a tough one for, for all of us to take initially, but I think everyone wishes him well. Um, how's the squad and Roger handled it since? Do you think it yeah, can, great. can be a spur for this season, sort of use it as a bit of uh, extra inspiration, motivation? Yeah, look, the, the squad, this wasn't a surprise to us. Um, you know, we've been working behind the scenes with Rog and Bruce Sharrick, his manager, about the options in relation to it. Um, so we as the squad had a chat um, after it got leaked out. And um, from that point, we decided with Roger and his management, we're going to nip it in the bud. We weren't going to wait for others to dictate you know, the headlines around that. We wanted our group to understand the situation and protect our group as best we can and once we once we, re, we released the, the valve on the announcement um, it's been not another word mentioned about it in um, in camp so Roger's focus he 
know, the one, the one good thing about Rod, you know he's going to give his all uh, regardless of what he's doing next year. And that's why he won't be talking about um, that other code yeah. at all, uh, why he wears our jumper. And he, he understands that. He's committed to that. And he has no problem with that and uh, agrees with it. So he's going to give his all. And, and I'm sure the other guys will want to have a huge year with Rog um, while he's wearing our colours this year. Uh, the focus in the media has inevitably shifted to how you replace Roger next year or how you spend that salary cap space that um, him leaving opens up. How do you sort of block out that external noise or does it bother you you at all um, that there's so no, much No, we have. No, look, we have, you know, we've got a plan uh, we're working through that. Um, that's really all you can do. You know, everyone's going to have a view, everyone's going to have a, an opinion on who should play where and that happens every week you yourself have uh, a lot of opinions that I that I hear about so um, <laughs> you know I, I, the most important thing is you know I have experts to lean on here um, that are very good in that field and they know the market they know the players they know the, the capability of individual players better than anyone so they're the people that we lean on during these periods to guide us and get us the outcome we want so you can't just Talk to players any time. There's, there's restrictions around that. Um, there's contracts in place. There's players coming off contracts. Uh, there's movement. There's players being offered. Uh, there's trade opportunities. All sorts of things. So the one thing that um, you know, Peter O'Sullivan is very good at doing is being patient and getting the best outcome he can, opposed to just an outcome. Uh, I'm guessing the Rogers' departure eases the pressure a bit in regards to re-signing players. You've got several key guys off contract, Tohu, Petahiku, uh, Leeson, Jazz, and a number of uh, young guys as well. Um, have you moved very far along with locking up some of these guys beyond 2021? Yeah, look, we, we again, this, this just, we just didn't wake up and this was happening. Um, you're paying years out with your salary cap. Um, Yes, a few, a lot of it can change dramatically if there's a, a, a you know, a departure is unexpected for whatever reasons. Um, but yeah, look, we've, we've got plans and we're working through those as we um, as we talk. So in time, uh, we'll, we'll start releasing uh, the outcomes of those discussions when we can. But at this point in time, we'll let the speculation and the, the opinions fly around, which. Uh, uh, are really interesting to read and um, it's great to see people are so passionate about trying to get the best players they can because that's, that's what we're trying to do as well. Um, a lot of the speculation is around sort of you know, going after a big fish in a key position. Um, the club has publicly backed guys like Chanel and, and Wade and Cody as, as sort of long-term options. Um, are you confident that those sort of guys are the ones to, to carry you forward or are you sort of keeping an open mind about guys that might potentially be available? Well, they're all on contract. So um, at the end of the day, um, they're a part of our club and they're doing a great job. Um, they're tremendous, tremendous guys around the club and they are um, they're certainly very committed to doing the best they can in 2021. So uh, they've got longer-term commitments. But again, we're just looking and seeing and seeing what's moving in the market. You know better than anyone, mate, that the market can shift very quickly with one particular move. So um, so on that basis, you just got to... On that basis, you just got to have um, 
your eyes wide open and your ears to the ground and that's where Peter O'Sullivan's very good. He knows everyone in every corner of every club and um, his phone rings constantly so he just he just has to work out which is the best way to go. And the most important thing is getting the balance of your squad right. So it might mean with the money we have that we invest more so in other areas than, than that particular role that Roger's departing. But time will tell. Uh, what about leadership-wise? Roger leaves a pretty big hole as a five-year captain um, from the outside. There's not a bunch that have, of obvious natural successes. Um, who do you see as the candidates to lead the Warriors beyond this year? Oh, there's a number of guys that we see that internally that have tremendous leadership skills. You, you probably see them 80 minutes on the footy field. or But we, we measure a lot of them off the field. Uh, we work with them um, and... There's some, there's some really good up-and-coming kids that are showing constantly um, you know, leadership skills. So we're working with them now, and uh, you know, as I said, we know what's coming. So we've got a bit of time without putting the pressure on anyone in particular now. Um, you never know who's, uh, who's in the frame. What about someone like Chanel Harris-Tavita further down the track? I, I love the way he plays. I think he's probably my favourite warrior at the moment and I've been, I've always been super impressed with the way he handles himself off the field ever since he was you know, a 16-year-old playing in the NYC. Is he someone that you can sort of see being a, a future you know, long-term captain of the club? Oh, Chanel's got great capability in that regard. Um, you know, I think the, the important thing for Chanel is he's just got to, you know, he's got to get his game right That's, you don't want to put too much pressure on the young kids um, he's got a great opportunity this year to you know, play seven and be a real big leader around the field and then um, you know the off field stuff for Chanel's not the problem for us at all and we want to we don't want to you know label him as the future captain or anything we just want him to be the best player he can in 2021 and Brownie's focus is to you know upskill him as best he can to achieve great things and then what comes on the back of that will come on the back of that. But he's certainly a very capable person and a, a great kid we have around the club. Do you wince a little bit uh, whenever he flies out of the line to nail a big forward? What's that, sorry? Do you wince a bit when he uh, flies out of the line, puts his body on the line to nail a big forward? Oh, no, that's a bit of Chanel, isn't he? He's, uh, he's got that in him and as long as he's... <laughs> As long as he doesn't miss his target, mate, to get himself suspended or leave a hole, and uh, they, they put points on us. Uh, so that's Janelle. He, he needs to read that part, and I'm sure he'll get it right more often than not. Um, Nathan Brown, how's, how's he settled into the head coach role, and how have the players responded to him? I'm guessing it's a, a, a bit of a change um, from the coaches that the boys have had over the last few years. Yeah, he's been great. Um, you know, he's had a pretty difficult. Um, first phase at the club in terms of the separation of the squad uh, but he's he's been really good, he's, uh, his assistant coaches in, in Craig Hodges and, and Justin Morgan and Slade Griffin have been outstanding in bringing the squad together and they're, they're coaching him day in day out, you know, there's a lot of video, there's a lot of discussion, there's a lot of, a lot of planning um, and a lot of reviewing so it's really good to see uh, that happening uh, with a bunch of the young kids we've got over here. Um, and Brownie's just, um, you know, he's a terrific character and he's fitted in really well into the club. So, um, you know, there's no doubting his coaching ability and we just hope the players respond to it. And, um, you 
know, really work hard throughout the year for them and get the best results. Um, the last four Warriors coaches haven't seen out their contracts. Um, what was the rationale be- behind a three-year deal for, for Nathan, you know, given that he wasn't didn't seem to be in the sights of other clubs or anything like that? Uh, look, it's, it's a good move for us. Um, you know, the, the, the fact is we knew basically this year was going to be a disrupted year again, being away and being over here and whatever it meant, and it was probably more disruptive than we initially thought with the separation of the squad. So, you know, you've got a, we've got a young squad coming through and we're, we're signing some good young players um, and we wanted to set the tone from the start that, you know, we wanted a coach here for not for one, two years, we wanted to be here for three years and at the very least. And um, that's, that's our thought process about it. And I, I certainly don't uh, have any doubt that we made the right decision in that respect. And uh, Phil Gould, how's, how, it must be exciting for everyone involved with the club to have someone of his ilk um, around you guys. Uh, what's What exactly is his sort of role at the club and what have his main contributions been so far? He's a consultant to the whole club. Uh, you know, the, the biggest focus Phil has got with us is the development pathway uh, programs and structures, uh, not only for our club but throughout New Zealand. We want him to really look at a way we can develop an academy in, in you know, Warriors Academy for you know, the New Zealand kids to come through. Um, but that takes a lot of knowledge and experience and he's developed all that over the last you know, two or three decades. So we, um, we enjoy his company, we enjoy his advice. He's very often at training. Um, you know, unfortunately, he can't get to New Zealand at the moment. Because um, if he if, if he was able to get to New Zealand, he'd be over there working, you know, throughout the country and having a look around and coming back with a blueprint to how we best can get pathways right to uh, to be a, a Vodafone warrior. But at the moment, he's uh, he's just um, you know, attending training and catching up with the coaches. I, I catch up with him three or four times a week. He he uh, he's just a great guy to lean on and. Uh, really great brain to have around the organisation and his knowledge is unbelievable and, uh, as everyone knows he's he's, uh, he's been around the game for a long time so we're, we're looking forward to uh, that influence um, rubbing off across the club and just on those pathways is uh, sort of looking around of finding a better way to to bring the best players from around New Zealand into the Warriors um, part of that I know a lot of regions probably feel like they've historically been a bit neglected by the Warriors and, and most of the players from around the regions end up with Australian-based clubs? Well, there's a couple of parts to that answer. My answer is, you know, whose responsibility is it in New Zealand to create pathways and competitions and so on? It's not the Warriors. It's New Zealand Rugby League with their regions and so on. The other thing is, you know, we... we, we uh, you know, financially, it's a really big task do all this and we've, you know, we've, we've tried and, and we're doing our best within our financial means and um, thirdly you know in terms of the, the, you know, the guys that are heading off to New Zealand uh, to Australia and so on um, you know you, you can't keep everyone that's the reality of the salary cap that's the reality of the system you just cannot keep everyone um, but what our focus is, and this is why we kicked off the SG Paul team a few years ago, is to bring our jumper closer to the junior kids in New Zealand. 
we only had our under twenties, and um, the under twenties competition got uh, abolished. So we had no one. The next jumper was the New South Wales Cup. So we created the opportunity to, for an SG ball team, which was then meant that when we were talking to 16, 17-year-old kids in New Zealand, they could wear the jumper you know, very, pretty quickly. Um, without that opportunity, they were getting presented a better op- option to go to Australia to wear club colours for the Roosters or other clubs. So we did that, and then we've been obviously hammered by the COVID-19 stuff. So we only played, I think, eight games the SG ball and we've had COVID-19 ever since so um, we've just got to let this, this COVID stuff get out of the road and revamp the whole system uh, it's great to see New Zealand Rugby League put under 20s comp in, in domestically um, and we're only, I was only talking to Andrew Abdo about that yesterday and uh, encouraging him to really you know, take the time out and invest in that to grow a, a good national competition over there which ultimately helps the, the game of rugby league and the Warriors Uh, this Redcliffe Dolphins partnership was that sort of expedited by COVID, and you know partly a, a financial decision that you weren't, um, you know, yeah. necessarily running un, um, lower well, grade it is, teams. Mate. Like it, it is, um, like thank God we did do it because we couldn't have a New South Wales Cup team in the comp this year. Yeah, um, and it was it was like a, you know, we knew that they were putting their hat up, their hand up. Sorry uh, for the. NRL license in 23. So the reality is we needed a transition from where we were at, which was unknown, to um, getting our club back together post-COVID. So to do that, we had to be very financially savvy around our development structures and pathways. But we also didn't want to jeopardise the opportunity for players to play high-level footy. So that's why we married ourselves up with... um, with those guys at Redcliffe and they've been a great partner thus far and you know we've got five or six kids up there now and they've been really well looked after and then we'll send players up there weekly and um, it'll be great so it, it, it's a great opportunity for our club to get a different taste and a different experience but it's not jeopardising the players development while we're transitioning back to a, a normal footy club post COVID-19 uh, So who have we got up there at, at the moment with the Dolphins? Who Who's, um, oh, there's a lot of development development kids up there. Oh, yeah. um, so there's five or six of them. And then what we'll do on a weekly basis, we'll send you know, half a dozen plus guys from here, uh, at Terrigal, up to play in the Queensland Cup with the uh, with the Redcliffe Dolphins. So um, it's a great opportunity, and thankfully we got it because if we didn't have that, uh, we wouldn't have the numbers to fill the New South Wales Cup team from here. And it would have been extremely costly because um, we would have had to buy a whole heap of infrastructure to fulfil that obligation. Uh, it's obviously very handy to, compared to last year, where you had guys, um, you know, coming off uh, without having played for weeks or even months uh, because there was no um, New South Wales Cup competition. Uh, but I guess with this arrangement, there's less scope to sort of as there would have been when you had the Warriors New South Wales Cup team to, you know, say to the coach, "Can we?" see such and such play in this position I guess you'll be fully at the mercy of the Dolphins coaching staff um, No, we've got a really good arrangement with them um, 
Adam Mogg, who actually spent time at the Warriors as their coach. So, um, you know, we've, we've worked through all those those plans. Um, because we were able to sign it up so early uh, last year, it, it enabled them to understand what our roster was about and predominantly who, who most likely the players that will be going up weekly and allowed them to start recruit around those positions. Um, you know, for instance, we got a lot of middles and so on, so they went, they went a bit light on recruiting in that area and sort of went a bit heavier in other areas that we were a bit light on. So it, it's, it's been a complementary arrangement and um, I'm looking forward to seeing it unfold. Uh, unfortunately, we supposed to be up there this week and unfortunately it got called off due to the Melbourne restrictions. So um, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll kick off in the next month with it. Um, is there a possibility of Dolphins contracted players coming to the Warriors team, you know, um, secondary salary cap stuff pending? Um, yeah, look, that, that, that's the other opportunity is seeing players develop through the Queensland Cup system, which quite often you you see players come through there, um, you know, historically been very strong. So uh, there's a great opportunity. You know, they've got 800 juniors or so, and, um, you know, we're tapping into that already. So... Yeah, you know, there's a there's a great chance players can come up through that system. We had a couple of players spend the off season with us um, and the pre season from Redcliffe and train with the squad and stay at the squad. Um, and you never know who could come through. You, know, you look at what they've had in the past. They've had Tony Stags, they've had Matt Lodge, they've had um, you know, plenty of other players that have gone to Melbourne. And um, so the Roosters, Michael Crocker in the days. Um, you know, there's, there's always good quality kids coming through their system that we we get first uh, first look at. Um, and there's obviously a, a, a big Australian influence at the club at the moment with yourself and, and Nathan and Gus there, um, and also without Ruben, Stacey, Tony Edel, um, over in Aussie now. More Australian players than we've had for a long time, and you're based in Australia. Are you conscious of nurturing the, the Kiwi aspect of the club still um, You know, during these times? I know you've had the cultural nights and that sort of thing, but is that something you're conscious of? No, we're a Kiwi club. I don't know what you're getting at in regards to that, but um, you know we're very conscious of it. You have a look at our, our squad, um, the, the amount of Australian players we've got. I'm not sure whether we've done the correct head count, but um, you know we've got a lot of Tongans, Samoans, Kiwis. Uh, we've got a variety of cultures in our club. You know we've got Fijians. Uh, we're not an Australian-based club. We're a Kiwi-based club that had to had to relocate to to Australia in, in very unique circumstances. Um, we've got pictures all up on our walls about our home. Um, we're doing all sorts of things to stay connected. It's very hard because we are over here, but, um, you know, we're a, we're a Kiwi we're a Kiwi club. Uh, we're proud of that, and uh, we don't lose sight of what our culture is without a shadow of a doubt. We, you know, we, we acknowledge all of our cultures in our club. It's good to hear. And, and back on the home front, um, how are the staff that are still based in Auckland coping? Obviously, it's hard to harder to stay connected for them without game day and, and just, you know, the players being in and around the club. How are they holding up? Yeah, it's hard. You know, like Tony Oron, Stacey and Blairy are over there doing the development stuff. So they're very much in the face of the young kids and developing. And back to your cultural question, it was important that they're involved in that level uh, because it, it, it teaches them from the very young um, you know, very young time that they come in the club and as they're maturing, they're, they're dealing with the culture of the club and there's some great champions there amongst them uh, educating them. So that's that's our strategic move in that respect, mate. So we are driving the Kiwi culture from a very young age. Um, 
in terms of the staff and players that are there, look, it is tough. It's very tough because the reality is that we don't go home this year. We haven't played in New Zealand since 2019. Uh, August was our last game in 2019. So, yeah, it's... Um, I don't know. It, it's it is it's tough, but it is what it is. You know, we just have to get on with it, and we have to deal with it. But we desperately want to be home, but we can't be home. So you have two options: you either sit here and you you look at all the the negatives, or you take the positives that we have got, and you try and build on those to make everyone proud. So when we do go home, everyone's still with us. Everyone's still connected. Everyone's still proud about their footy club. Because that's what we're here trying to work hard at um, and we're trying to keep the guys as connected as we can over home by Zooms, talking to them, whatever, FaceTimes, uh, little sorts of little ways of keeping connected. Um, and, and lastly, just on, on yourself, mate, how, how long are you over there for? Are you there for as long as the team is there or do you have a time frame to come back or um, what's your plan? No, I'm here uh, for the long haul. Um, now, last year was difficult because you only had certain numbers that you're allowed in your bubble and, and we didn't know what the hell was going on. So it was more important. We all sort of had hands on the steering wheel back home in New Zealand. But we've got you know plenty of people there that are managing what we had to manage, can manage over there. Um, so, yeah, I'm based here and I'm working with the local authorities, you know, councils and, uh, you know, tourism bodies and, clubs and all sorts of things trying to generate commercial interest in our club over here. Um, so there's some great opportunity in that regard and that's what I mean. You know, we've got to look at the positives that just get stuck in and, and try and create some sort of um, opportunity here. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's really good to be here with the crew and, um, you know, if we're doing it tough, we're all doing it tough. If we're doing it well, we're all going to do it well together. So uh, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, thanks very much, Cameron. We uh, really appreciate your time, obviously, and, and um, your efforts to help keep everyone over here connected to the club and and uh, make us all feel a part of it. Um, we're all proud of the club and everything that everyone's doing and can't wait to see you back out there and on the field this year. Oh, great, mate. It's, it, look, it is it's tough, but um, what everyone needs to understand is that we, we, we're doing it for a reason, we're doing it because we have to do it on the first basis, but secondly, we're doing it for our fans. Uh, it's what drives our club, it's what makes our club the best club in the NRL off the field, and uh, we just got to complement that with effort on the field. And uh, we've got a really good bunch of guys here that are working their asses off, and, and our fans will be very proud this year, I'm sure, and uh, I'm looking forward to hopefully getting home and celebrating with everyone when we can.